Today, we are wrapping up our little series on Hall of Famous, on those who by faith, not because they're extra special, have done extraordinary things. And today we're going to look at the story of Jacob. And Jacob was a man who was ultimately, ultimately, although not initially, able to do amazing things for one simple reason. He finally found the blessing of God. I believe to the core of my being that everybody is searching for the blessing and the affirmation and the love of the one who created them. And I believe, and this story tells it, plays it out, that if we don't have that blessing of God, if we don't know that we are loved and affirmed and valued by the one that we are created by, then we will do some crazy, often destructive things to try and fill that hole where the blessing of God should reside. And that was the first part of Jacob's life. His legacy is a very unusual one. Because he didn't manage well at all this tension between good and bad. The reality is, if we were to weigh up his life on the scale, it would be much more on the deficit side than it was on the benefit side. And it was that way because he spent way too much of his life searching for a blessing that he could have found a lot earlier if he had submitted himself to the God who valued him and loved him and affirmed him. He was a man who cheated and lied and deceived and ran away. Yet he was also a man who was affectionate and industrious and prayerful and ultimately received this divine blessing, so much so that at the end of his life, his epitaph on his grave reads like this. We read it in Hebrews chapter 11, the hall of faith. It says, by faith, when Jacob was dying, he blessed each of the sons of Joseph as he worshipped, leaning on top of his staff. That's the end of his story. But that phrase that defines his life doesn't make much sense until we look at his story. His story is found in Genesis, and I'm going to be flicking around, and if you want to follow along or you're on your phone or the Bible you bought, there's some Bibles on the chair as well. Just try and keep up for me as we kind of just run through some chapters in Genesis. But basically, Jacob's life was defined by this search to find the blessing of God. Jacob was the grandson of Abraham, 
the son of Isaac and Rebekah, the brother of Esau, and the father of 12 sons who became the 12 tribes of Israel. But in the midst of this incredible lineage, there's a guy just like us who is trying to find what he's looking for. He's trying to find the blessing of God. In fact, he's trying to find that blessing of God before he was born. And that's where his story starts. When even before he knew how to speak, before he knew how to communicate, he was begging, unbeknown to him, for this blessing from God. So Isaac and Rebekah, they had a hard time getting pregnant. They were late in life. She finally becomes pregnant as a result of the prayers of she and her husband Isaac. And she's halfway through the pregnancy, and she has this strange feeling in her stomach. Now, I've never been pregnant, but I have been married to someone who has, and I understand there are lots of uh, strange feelings that happen uh, in your stomach when you are pregnant. But, you know, women have this incredible intuition, and she felt that something just wasn't right here. So she decides that she's going to inquire of God. God, what's... What's going on? Why am I having this strange feeling in my body? Genesis 25, 23, this is what God says. And the Lord said to her, there are two nations in your womb. Basically, you're going to have twins, and both of these boys that you have will grow up to form and lead nations. Two people will come from you and be separated One will be stronger than the other, and the older will serve the younger. No, I got that wrong, didn't I? No, I got that right. Uh, Yeah, I I said it right. It's good. (laughs) Good. Sometimes I surprise myself. The older will serve the younger. Now, that's not the way it's supposed to be, right? Because the younger is supposed to serve the older. And so what's happening here is that even before Jacob has been born, he's in this battle to try and find the blessing because the blessing normally rests with the older one. And Rebecca is experiencing this pain because what's happening inside her is this fight between the two boys because God has said, hey, this is not going to be normal. This is going to be upside down. These boys are going to be uh, reversed in the the, the birth order. This was a word that she held on to for a long, long time. But even in the womb, Jacob was begging for this blessing. There was a conflict with he and his twin brother. And so they're born and... The conflict continues, and they live together, and the conflict continues because all the the blessing, right, all all the economic stuff, I got too many clips in my Bible, and I don't want to rip the pages. There we go. No, too late. I already did. Sorry. Forgive me. Just Bible malfunction. So in the womb, they're begging for the blessing, right? It goes on throughout their life, quarreling back and forth because 
Esau, the older one, is in line for the blessing, but Jacob needs the blessing in his life. But we, we turn next to uh, Genesis 27. They live a little bit of life, and it comes to the stage where their dad is about to die, Isaac. And just before he dies, Isaac wants to bless his son. That this was a very important, very solemn, very meaningful ceremony where the elder created this rite of passage and blessed the oldest son so that everything the dad had would become under the authority of the next son. So the plan is that on this one evening, Esau, who was the eldest, was going to receive the blessing from the dad. But Rebecca, the mom, knew what was coming, and she knew she had this, this word from God. And so she said, I've got to interfere. I've I, I got to intervene. So dad and oldest son talk, and oldest son says, hey, I'm going to go out hunting. I'll get some food. I'll make the meal, and then you can bless me. Rebecca thought to herself, oh, that's a good few hours that we've got to, 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 to kind of hold on to this word that God has given. And she says, look, this is what I want you to do, Jacob. I want you to uh, dress up so that you kind of look like your brother, who was incidentally very hairy. So I don't know how they did it, but they kind of like covered him in hair because the dad's eyesight was going. And somehow they made Jacob smell like his older brother as well. Maybe they kind of, I don't know, rubbed some of his clothes on him or something like this. They couldn't disguise his voice, but they tried their best that they could to set him up to look like his brother. And then they sent the younger brother into the dad. You tracking with me? Send the younger brother into the dad so the younger brother could get the blessing and the prophecy of God could come true. This did not end well, right? Because when we try to interfere with the plans of God, things never end well. And if we haven't got the blessing and we need the blessing and we try to get the blessing from an illegitimate source in an illegitimate way, it never goes well for us. So Jacob, disguised as his brother, goes in to see his dad. Hey, dad, it's your son. Oh, which son is it, said the dad, because he realizes something isn't quite right in the, the, the tone of his voice. I love it in Scripture. It's just such a bold-faced lie. It says, Jacob said, hi, dad, it's me, Esau. Ah, my son, come forward. That was quick. You must have had a successful hunt. Bring the food to me. Jacob brings in this food that his mama had made, the favorite soup of his dad. And, oh, here, here it is. And they have a nice meal together. And just before the father blesses the son, the dad says, hey, come here. Are you sure you're my son Esau? Jacob's like, uh-oh, here we go. I, I don't want to lie before my dad because he's just about to die. And I don't want to lie before God, but hey, I really need this blessing because my mom says what I need and that will satisfy this, this need in me. So he goes forward 
And his dad touches his skin and he, he kind of passes the hairy arm test, right? And his dad kind of sniffs him and he passes the, the smell test. He can't quite pass the speech test, right? But there's enough that his dad is thinking, hey, I'm getting old, maybe my senses are going. Why would he lie? And so the dad blesses his son. Everything I have is yours. You're in charge of the land. You're in charge of the stuff. You take care of your mom. Your brother is going to work for you. He'll honor you and he'll worship you. And Jacob's like, yippee. I finally got the blessing. Right from the very beginning of his life, he had been begging for a blessing. Because he hadn't got that blessing from God, he sought it in an illegitimate way. How often do we do that, right? Honestly, a lot of the social ills that people get into today, I think, is because they haven't received the, the affirmation from God, right? I think people get high because they don't know what joy looks like, right? People get drunk to escape from things because they don't realize that with God there's a way through things. All of their life, all of Jacob's life, he's begging for this blessing. I need it, I need it, I need it. So he goes to his dad and he gets it in an illegitimate way. And you know what happens next? Everything goes wrong. Because when we try to get the peace of God from a source that's not peaceful... It breaks. When we try to do the right thing in the wrong way, it never works. Because God's ways have to be accomplished with integrity, with honesty. You cannot cheat your way to, to the blessing of God. And so Jacob finds this because his dad finds out. It ruins his relationship there. And his brother finds out, and it ruins that relationship there. And all the stuff that Jacob got from this false blessing turns actually into a curse because he got it in an illegitimate way. Does that make sense? So often, we have this holiness that needs to be filled, and we try to fill it in illegitimate ways, and when we fill it in illegitimate ways, it just makes things worse, right? But he was begging for a blessing. I want it, I want it, I want it, but he cheated his way to getting it, and therefore, the blessing was invalid. He was begging for a blessing. But by not getting what God offered, it broke him. And he lost everything. And he got caught in all kind of pain. He was begging for a blessing. In the midst of his valley... In the midst of his destruction, he realized he had nowhere to turn. And in Genesis 32, a few years later, he hits rock bottom. 
He, he had this need that he tried to fill in an illegitimate way, and the need didn't satisfy. And so he's got nothing. This is what it says in Genesis 32, 24. It said, Jacob was left alone. That's often what happens, right? When we try to cheat the promises of God, when we try to cheat the process of getting what we need. A man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he could not defeat him, he struck Jacob's hip socket as they wrestled and dislocated his hip. Then he said to Jacob, let me go for it's daybreak. But Jacob said, I will not let you go until you bless me. That's a statement that reveals a lot, right? Because all he knew about blessing that came from his dad he'd got and he'd seen that was empty. He had everything that the world offered and said was good, but it was leaving him unsatisfied. And so he got into this battle And at the conclusion of this battle, where he hurts his hip, he says, I'm not leaving here until you bless me. It's at this point that he starts to realize that this battle is actually with God. What's your name? The man asked. Jacob, he replied. Your name will no longer be Jacob, he said. It will be Israel because you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. But he asked, why do you ask me my name? And the man blessed him right there. Jacob named that place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face, he said, yet God spared my life. The sun shone on him, which is a very descriptive way to say life was turning around in this moment. But as the sun shone on him, he was limping because it got smacked in the head, right? So here's the deal, right? He's begging for this blessing, and he can't find it, so he gets it in the wrong place, and that does not satisfy him. It leaves him empty. And then he kind of has this showdown with God where he's battling for the blessing. He actually is wrestling in this moment with God. God, who am I? What am I about? Where am I going? Why have you abandoned me? I want to let you know it's okay to wrestle with God. It's okay to get upset with God. It's okay to question God. God does not treat you any differently when you do this. But in this moment, Jacob is going into battle with God, and God wins. And God winning is the best thing for Jacob because it allows him to find that very thing that he's looking for. He cheated the blessing from his dad, but in this moment when he's wrestling with God... He gets God's blessing, and the sun shines on him. I love the fact that it says, uh, as the sun shined on him, he was still walking with a limp. That's profound, too. Because that limp was a forever reminder to him 
that he had fought with God and that God had blessed him. Then the Apostle Paul talks about having this thorn in his flesh, right? I can't get rid of it. I've asked God to remove it, but he hasn't. So every time I, I, I feel the pain, I'm reminded of God's grace in my life. This, this broken hip was the same kind of thing for Jacob. Every time he walked and he felt this pain in his hip, it reminded him that he had God's blessing with him. God's blessing is not physical, it's spiritual. On Friday night, Tracy and I went to a concert. What was the guy's name? Jeremy Camp. Camp. I'd never heard of him. Apparently, he's pretty famous. (laughs) So we're there... And, you know, he's a Christian singer, and he's got skinny jeans on, and he's my age, and he's really ripped. And, you know, I'm just like, what are we, what is going on here, right? I'm not a big fan of Christian music. I'm not a big fan of anything that I perceive is going to um, take advantage of the Christian community. You know, so I just kind of went in a negative. Yes, I did. Thanks, Tracy. Yeah, I don't, I don't hide it very well, I guess. <laughs> so we're listening, and he's singing his songs. Everyone's up with their little glow sticks, and I'm sitting in my chair just kind of, you know, doing this kind of thing. And then he told his story, how when he was 21, he got engaged to this woman, and after they got engaged, she found out she had cancer, and they got married, and five weeks later, she died. Oh. And he told how that wrestling and how that fight was what had birthed his music and birthed his music career. And all of a sudden, my perspective towards this guy changed because I knew that he wasn't singing with an ego. He was singing with a limp. Because he'd had pain in his life that had caused him to wrestle with God and for God to win, and for him to know grace in place of ego. Jacob is begging for the blessing, and he goes in the wrong direction. He battles for the blessing, and he loses, but losing was good because losing killed his ego, and it allowed the grace of God to come alive in him, and it allowed the blessing of God to come with him. And he walked with a limp, but a limp was okay because the limp was there to remind him that he'd met God and experienced God's grace, right? Here's a little bit of advice. Don't follow anybody who's not limping. Seriously, if they haven't been through this battle with God that has killed their ego, that has satisfied the the hole in their heart, they will not lead you in healthy directions. We beg for the blessing. Sometimes we look for it in the wrong places, and when we find it in the wrong places, it actually becomes a curse, not a blessing. It takes us backwards, right? And so we have to come to a place in our life where we have to battle with God, where we have to have it out. 
What's up? Why is this happening? Why are you being unfair? We get into a fight with God. Just so you know that when you get into a fight with God, you will lose. But losing is the best thing for you because it kills your ego and allows you to respond to grace. Sure, do you walk with a limp afterwards? Yes, but that's okay because that limp reminds you of grace. That thorn in your side reminds you that God is on your side, right? Jacob is begging for the blessing, but he gets it in the wrong way. He battles for the blessing and loses. But losing is winning. I say, I have the same rule in marriage. I tell it to young couples who get married all the time. The best way you can win in your marriage is to choose to lose sometimes, right? Because if you think you're right... You, you're wrong, <laughs> right? <laughs> Think about that. Some, some of you will. He begged for the blessing. He battled for the blessing. But after he lost that battle, his life started to change to the point that he became a blessing. Genesis 35, a little bit later in his story. This battle with God happened in this town called Bethel. And he goes back to Bethel. God tells him to go back to Bethel. And just to say, I think sometimes God tells us to go back to the places of pain so that we can remember that God was there with us, right? Now again, just a little kind of caveat on that don't follow someone who's not leading with a limp. Uh, if, if they're still hobbling around with a broken leg, uh, probably too soon to follow them, right? Let it heal a little bit before you go back there. But God says, hey, I want you to go back to Bethel. Get up, go to Bethel and settle there. Build an altar there to God who appeared to you when you fled from your brother Esau. What he's saying is, now that you've received this blessing from me, and you've realized this blessing that you tried to manipulate didn't work, then I want you to go back to Bethel, and I want you to worship me, and I want you to be a blessing with others, a blessing to others. Because God never blesses us just so that we can consume the blessing, right? God blesses us so that we can bless others. There are so many people who follow God and receive the blessing of God, but they become a logjam for the blessing that God wants to pour out on the world. He was begging for the blessing. He battled for the blessing so that he could become a blessing to others. So Jacob said to his family and all who were with him, get rid of the foreign gods that are among you. Purify yourselves and change your clothes. I love this. They're getting ready to church. And God does say, hey, put on your church clothes. But he also says getting ready to worship is so much more than just putting on your church clothes and looking nice on the outside, right? He says go and purify yourself. Go and get rid of those false idols in your life. You know, honestly, we'd have to start church a whole lot later in the day if we got rid of all our false idols before we came, right? 
because we have a habit of feeding our idols. They're not obvious things. If they were obvious things, we'd be able to tear them down. But idols are so subtle and they so quickly crowd our hearts. Martin Luther says the the heart is an idol-making factory, and it is. Some very good and holy things that that I see and want to give myself to can, can so easily take on the form of an idol, and I have to stop them. He says, before you go to worship, before you become a blessing to others, purify your life. Get your heart ready. Remember, remember the blessing that I've given to you. Verse 3, you must get up and go to Bethel. I will build an altar there to the God who answered me in my day of distress. He has been with me everywhere I go. Just as a note, this last sentence in chapter, in verse 3 is a reminder of why he's worshiping and a reminder why we worship. Because God has been with us wherever we go. What he's saying, when I was spending the first half of my life trying to uh, steal the blessing and manipulate it, God, you were still there. (coughs) When I met you at Bethel and got involved in this battle that I lost, you were there. And I'm going to worship you because you have always been there and you always will be there. Verse 4, then Jacob and all the, gave all the foreign gods and their earrings and Jacob hid them under the oak tree, maybe so no one else would find them, rendering them powerless. When they set out, a terror from God came over the cities around them and they couldn't pursue Jacob. So Jacob and all who were with him came to Bethel, the land of Canaan, and Jacob built an altar there and called the place El Bethel because it is where God had revealed himself to him when he was fleeing his brother. So he goes to this worship service at Bethel. Verse 9. God appeared to Jacob again here and blessed him. And God says, your name is Jacob. But you will no longer be called Jacob. You will now be Israel. This great nation that I am going to use to show my grace and my love to the world. I am the God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. I will give you the land that I gave Abraham and Isaac, and I will give you the land to your future descendants. And finally, here, as he comes to worship God, he receives this blessing of God that looks forward for generations and generations and generations. We beg for the blessing, and we cheat the process and find it in the right way often, right? We battle with God, and we lose, and in losing, we actually win. But then the call is that we would become a blessing to others. And so he entered the hall of fame because the writer of Hebrews said, By faith Jacob, when he was dying, at the end of all this, blessed each of the sons of Joseph, those were his grandkids, and he worshipped God while leaning on his staff. 
What a great, powerful conclusion to life. That we would be able to bless others as we worship the God we will soon see face to face while we're leaning on our staff. You know why I had a staff with him? It's like a walking stick, right? Because he had a limp. God never healed him physically, but God did something incredible in his heart. May it be said of our lives that we are people who bless others, that we are people who worship God, even though we worship him with a limp because of the pain of our past. He begged for a blessing, and he had to cheat to get it. It took him nowhere. He battled for the blessing, and in losing, he won. But then he closed out his life by becoming a blessing that God used to change the course of civilization all the way to today. Lord, would you find us blessing others, worshiping you, even as we do so with a limp.